Welcome to Think Smart, Feel Smart, Live Smart. I'm V. Vincy, Registered Counselor, Relationship and Family Therapist and Founder of Headquarters Counselling Services. This podcast aims to break down the overwhelm of life and equip you with a toolbox of knowledge, tips and tricks to help you live your best life. This raw, real and unproduced podcast uses audio taken from my weekly live broadcast in the HQCS Community Facebook group. You can find a link to the community in the episode notes. It's free to join. Now let's get started. So in the last few weeks, we have been looking at the parts of ourselves that are sometimes hidden. We started with the blind spot, behaviours that you don't see in yourself but others might see. This led us into looking at the shadow side of us, where our little blind spots like to hang out, which took us all the way to identifying the shadow as the big old ego. Ego, we have learned, can be both our enemy and our friend, and it's a matter of figuring out the fine balance between the two. So last week we looked at, well, what's the difference between the balance of friend and foe? And guess what it turned out to be? The one thing that often brings people into my office, good old self-doubt. Yes, I know, self-doubt. Well, it turns out that self-doubt can also be a friend or a foe. And when it's actually being our friend, it is this that calls us to grow. And so it's calling us to grow and look past where we've been and going, have a look on the other side. But our ego loving the comfort of its warm, cosy doona, doesn't like change. Yes, good old pyjamas and slippers. And we all saw how that turned out when an entire nation tuned in to watch The Tiger King. Leisure wear became the big fashion item. Now, we all know we can't stay in that frame. It will eventually become slothy and not good for us. But you know what? So many people were burnt out pre-COVID that COVID gave everyone a chance to rest, revive and, you know, see a different way of life and not only see a different way of life, but actually live a different way of life. The problem now, some of the things are getting back to normal. And with that, we generally go back to the old ways except that some people don't want to go back to the old way. And this is what I mentioned at the end of last week's session. Sometimes our beliefs about something change, either due to an event that changes the way we see something, or something happens that changes us, and we haven't realised that it has changed a belief. Either way, our friend, self-doubt, comes to pay a visit. He pays a visit here to say, stop, don't get comfortable. There is a new way. You just don't know it yet. What he doesn't say is, it feels like crap while you are learning it. At the same time, our old friend Ego pays a visit. Now, he doesn't beat around the bush. He says, stuff that new shit, come back to bed and get comfy. See how it works? Simple. We all we like to go back to comfort. We are creatures of habit. So today, let's have a little look at how beliefs are formed. All of us have our own set of beliefs that shape our lives. This set of beliefs affects what we think about ourselves, others, and the world at large. It also greatly influences our emotions and our actions. So consequently, it also affects how successful and happy we are. 
That is why beliefs are so important and worth examining and understanding because it pretty much underpins where we head in our life. So a belief is something we consider to be fact. It is anything we assume to be true. We use our beliefs to understand and navigate this world. We also use our beliefs to keep us safe. And that is why we generally try to preserve our beliefs after they are formed and we guard them really carefully. Our beliefs serves to function us um, as our subconscious autopilot. So once they're formed, these beliefs become pretty ingrained. We take them for granted and we also assume that our beliefs are factual, whether they are actually true or not. You might have heard me say this, if you've worked with me in session, you will hear me say our brain can't tell the difference between real and imagined danger. It's the same, it just assumes that what we have told ourselves or the statement we have told ourselves is true. That's just what it does, it just assumes it to be true. So it, our beliefs will determine if we consider something or someone to be good or bad, right or wrong beautiful or ugly, desirable or undesirable, safe or dangerous, dangerous, worthy or unworthy. Our beliefs dictate what we consider to be possible or achievable. So as we've uncovered in some of these topics, our experiences in our primary home have shaped a massive amount of our lives. And beliefs are generally formed in similar ways by experiencing inferences and deductions or by accepting what others tell us to be true and most of our core beliefs are formed when we are children. So when we are born we enter into this world with a clean slate and without any preconceived beliefs or ideas or anything. So we're pretty impressionable and we look for meaning in almost everything because we're naturally inquisitive. You know, our parents and our environment play a massive part in moulding our beliefs from a very, very young age. But then school, environment and friends, they also play a really important part. Because we're unable to figure out the difference between truth and falsehood when we're really, really young, we often accept that what we are told is truth and we're really greatly influenced by what we experience. So, for example... Let's say you don't finish your lunch because you're just not bloody hungry. We do this with our kids a lot, actually. Your parents might scold you for leaving food on your plate or bringing food home, and they tell you, good children finish all their food. They might also tell you that you're being ungrateful for not finishing your food because there are starving children in other parts of the world. Depending on what era you grow up in, man, we all copped that. Um, and it makes you feel bad. If you take what your parents say to be true, you have now planted a little seed of belief. So you start to believe good children should eat all their food, no matter what. You might also start to believe that not complying means that you are being ungrateful. So each time you don't finish your food and are chastised by your parents for it, the more firmly ingrained that belief becomes, okay? Now, here's a classic. Remember when your parents told you about Santa Claus or the Tooth Fairy? Well, I certainly do. And I assumed, as along with probably everybody else, that what my parents told me was fact. 
And I believed in both Santa Claus and the Tooth Fairy and let's throw the Easter money in for good measure. That is how beliefs are formed when we are young and impressionable. When we get older and we start to attend school and meet new people and you make, you make new friends, our beliefs start to get influenced by a whole new environment and set of people. Our teachers tell us things that we accept as fact because, you know, they're there, they're adults, it must be true. So let's say, for example, that we do poorly in, uh, we, you know, do really shit in maths. Our teacher might tell us that we're not good at maths or that we are lazy. We then start believing what we are told, especially if the experience is repeated more than once. Now, before long, we start believing that we really are bad at math and that we are lazy. So we're also greatly influenced by our classmates in school. And let's assume you were bullied by other kids. They might continually tell you that you are fat or ugly or uncool. After a while, you might start believing this to be fat and you start perceiving yourself as fat, ugly and uncool. Or the kids at school may be physically abusive to you. And as a result, you may start to tell yourself from this that you are weak because of your inability to defend yourself and you start believing it as fat. When we accept something to be fat and form a belief, it's stored in our subconscious mind. So when I talk to people, I say we've got our conscious mind at the front, we've got our subconscious mind at the back. It's like driving the car from the back seat. We, we all know what a backseat driver's like, a pain in the ass. So our subconscious mind does not know or care if the belief is true or false. It simply stores it as a fact for later use. Our subconscious mind acts as our autopilot to make our life easier and keep us safe. It helps, or it serves to help automate our actions and responses to certain situations. All right? Now, think about how you act automatically when crossing a busy street. Because you've been taught to hold the belief that the situation can be dangerous. You automatically look from, you know, both ways. Make sure you, the street is clear before you cross. It's an automatic response. Similarly, we have hundreds, even thousands of beliefs that create automatic thoughts and responses. We do it every day in the car, just simply getting in the car, putting it into gear or wherever and, and going. And we often drive on autopilot. And this is actually plays into one of the big things that is in the news right now, which is the fining for um, you know, mobile phones. The reality is, is that mobile phones have become such a part of our lives and, and it, it, almost an extension of our hand that it's gone into become one of those hundreds of thousands of beliefs that have become automatic. It's an automatic response and we're trying to get people to change that because automatic responses don't always serve us. And that's one of the things. Many of the beliefs that are true, well, some of these beliefs can be true and they serve us well, but there are even more that are not based on fact and only serve to hold us back in a negative way. So in that way, beliefs can be empowering or limiting. Limiting or negative beliefs prevent us from fulfilling our true potential. They hold us back and give rise to negative thoughts and emotions. Empowering or positive beliefs, on the other hand, allow us to act resiliently 
believe in ourselves and invoke positive thoughts and emotions. It doesn't mean that we will never fail or we'll never make a mistake. We just know that we, if we give it a go, we're going to be okay. And, you know, that's resilience straight there, isn't it? In a sense, our beliefs create our sense of reality, yet most people aren't aware of their own beliefs because they've never taken the time to look at them carefully. And this explains why some people thrive and succeed despite the most difficult circumstances, while others fail. It all boils down to our beliefs. And this is where beliefs and values become linked. So if our beliefs are shaped by our environment, then we will act in accordance with what we believe. And that shapes what is important to us. What is important to us becomes our values. So if things change dramatically, then our beliefs are often turned on their head. And that means that what was once important may not be anymore. Now this happens when things change dramatically, both positively and negatively. Just think of big events in your life weddings, babies, sometimes simply turning 18 or 21. They are most often positive events that we believe will change the course of our lives simply by what is attached to them. In the case of turning 18 or 21, we often believe that there is freedom attached to those ages. Now we mostly navigate the positives well simply because we don't realise that we changed both a belief and what was important to us at the same time. It just happens. It's often when a negative event happens that we become confused and we don't notice that something internally has changed as well as externally and we are looking to find somewhere or someone to attach it to. This is what I call an internal conflict and is what we most often end up looking at in session when someone comes to me with an external problem. Our belief systems are super powerful and they affect almost everything we think, feel and do. When we make the time and effort to closely examine them, we're able to single out the ones that prevent us from living the life we absolutely deserve to live, whatever that may be. The important part about looking at them is replacing them because if we don't replace them with anything, the way our brain works scientifically, it, it patterns, it wants to go back to a pattern. It goes, this is what we've done before, we'll go back there. Unless you give it an alternate route, it's going to go back to the same old crap, which is what people come into me with. Why do I keep doing the same old crap? Well, must have a little belief under there that you don't know is driving from the back seat. When we can replace them with ones that will empower us in ways that we have never imagined, it opens up an entire new world for people. And I really love doing this work with people because when people become aware of something that they didn't realise was driving, um, you know, the, the transformation in their ability to understand, holy shit, I can change this now, it's, it's awesome. I love seeing it. And this is why it's so important to find out what your limiting beliefs are. So while this part can require some soul searching and effort, it is worth it because it can be life changing. Now, this can obviously be done with a professional. And sometimes in times of crisis, we are often too confused to think clearly enough. But what is great about this type of connection, um, like with the lives, is that you may not be in crisis. 
And I get to encourage you to look before the shit hits the fan, which is awesome for both of us, let me tell you. So how can you do this? Spend some time asking yourself some questions. Start with just one. What do I believe? Now, I have attached a handout for this that will help you evaluate any beliefs that you come up with in a simple and kind manner. And I think that this is the most important piece of advice I can give you. Be kind doing this. It is why this is often something worked with in session, as you can be quite judgmental of your own thoughts. So there's a really cool little acronym called THINK uh, that we use with kids, actually. And it works on encouraging, sorry, it works on encouraging, oh my God, I can't speak tonight, encouraging them to think before they speak. But what I realised is that if we all used this simple technique when speaking to ourselves, maybe it might just help out. So that will be the handout. Um, so have a go and let me know, you know, what you think. And let me know actually about the little acronym, the little tool. I really love it. You'd be surprised um, how much I use it because I try to keep things simple. You know, and, that, and that's really good. I would love to hear from you um, as usual. Feel free to DM me with any of your discoveries, but you are also welcome to utilise this community as a way of encouraging each other because, you know, we're not talking with the big topics here. In the Well, we're talking big topics, but I'm not talking big events for you. That's not what this is about. But what it is about is about encouraging each other and yourselves to discover to have a little discovery. Oh, wow, I found out this about myself. I didn't realise that this was a blind spot. Put it in. It's cool. Now, next week, we are moving into boundaries. And this is a ripper. I mentioned in one of our lives, probably uh, probably about two or three weeks, or maybe nearly three weeks ago now, that there was um, five ways to say no. And I got a lot of feedback on that, wanting to know, oh my God, how do we say, how do you say no five ways? Well, I'm going to bring that in for next week, okay, because boundaries is a really big issue. And what's really interesting about values and boundaries, because all these topics link together, is that if you don't know what your beliefs and values are, well, then how do you set boundaries? Because you have to set the boundaries on what's important to you. And often we don't look at that. We don't know what's important. So therefore, if there are boundary crosses that happen and people either piss you off or you're getting pissed off, I've got to go, well, hang on, have they let somebody interfere with their boundaries? And if you have, guess what? It's on you because your boundaries are your responsibility. If you don't talk about them, no one's going to freaking know what they are. And that's probably the most important thing. So start here first. Because if you don't have boundaries, you're going to go, shit, what's important to me? What do I need to tell people to back off from? Because that's important to me. And a lot of times people go, I don't know what's important. And I will see you next week. Come prepared with your wine for that one because boundaries is going to be a ripper. See ya.